1: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, and indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you a solitary one. News story. Sadly, there is not a whole lot of news. Last week, I was mocking people for saying that they did not have a whole lot of news to talk about this week, so that's why they took days off. Yeah, and then it happened to us. If anything, it's my fault. I feel like this is karma. I'm sorry, indie developers. I've ruined your lives.
0: You're a monster.
1: I, I've heard it multiple times, so this isn't this isn't the only time. Uh, this, you guys. Probably hear that my sickness has progressed since our Indie Game of the Year episode. And uh, this is going to be nice because this is going to be a shorter episode. But, of course, like I just said, we have a supplemental Indie Game of the Year episode that we put up on Wednesday. If this isn't enough for you, hop over there, listen to that one. We go for like an hour. So between the two, it'll basically be our normal runtime. So (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's like just one full
0: episode. That's all good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'd be totally fine. Uh, but before we actually get into any of that news, I'd like to introduce myself—the the just terribly ill Von Hyde—and alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, a Josh Boyz. How you doing today, big Josh Boy?
0: Pretty good. Not sick. So I'm doing much better than you. I'm, I it's was hoping great.
1: that I get you sick through the internet. That was my hope.
0: I mean, I did cough one or twice, or once or twice during that. Uh, Indie game of the year episode, but did not last
1: much. Your real so, man body is just too powerful for my little bitch sickness.
0: I know. What are you gonna do? Well, you know, some people just can't handle uh, a little common cold. <laughs> little baby Vaughn over here just coughing up a lung.
1: So I have to ask you a question about sickness. Okay. okay. this is a real question, and it's never happened to me before other than this sickness. So I get sick roughly like once a year for the most part. Um, And this year, I've noticed that I have a problem that I've been coughing so hard that I almost shit my pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) No. I mean, well, here's the thing, though. As you get older, you know, parts of your body start to get, you know, wear down. And one of the things is, you know, some people say your butthole will stop being as uh, as tight. So maybe, you know, you're coughing just the same, but your butthole is getting much looser as you're getting older.
1: Ah, so I need to stop with the butt play. That's right here. Okay. It's,
0: it's true. You Well, I mean, or maybe you need to do more so you could, you know, strengthen your butt. It's like Kegels, but for the butt Yeah, hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, butt goals.
1: Oh, okay. That's—I mean—that's a solid plan. I'll have to stuff one of those eggs up my butt that Gwyneth Paltrow sells, that apparently I mean, makes you a superhuman.
0: Yeah, I mean that's—it's probably the best idea we've had on this show.
1: Yeah, I mean this is real life advice here. Normally we just spat off dumb bullshit, or at least I do. But this is real, guys. Yeah. You gotta strengthen you it here. your buttholes so that you don't accidentally like sneeze or cough and you poop yourself. Yeah.
0: I mean that is an embarrassing family dinner right there. You don't want none of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's like it, it was so bad that any time I even felt that like a little bit of tummy rumbling, I was like, "No, nah, I gotta go, dude," because if I don't, I'm gonna shit my pants at work. <laughs> you gotta go
0: sit on the toilet while you take a cough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, I just cough and then just bam, done. Don't even have to worry I mean, about it. It's like popping a cork.
0: Nice. Well, uh, nope, never happened to me. I'll keep you posted next time I get sick.
1: <laughs> All right, sweet. Uh, now, let's move on to what we're playing. It Looks like you're playing Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. How is it? Do you just love it? Do you love the, I mean, the the really in-depth look into Psychopathy? Uh,
0: honestly... When I first started, so Hellblade: Sen with Sacrifice uh, by Ninja Theory, it's a much older game, but it was won uh, especially because of the new uh, trailer that came out in what was it the Game Awards? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it the Game Awards?
0: Yeah. World. So at the Game Awards, they came out with, "Hey, we're going to make basically a second one," and I was super excited because I've we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I was like, I really enjoy the idea of putting psychosis in a game and like the disorders that people would kind of experience and giving that to individuals and trying to let them experience it for people who don't have it um i didn't really know as much about the like i think it was norse mythology that's like behind it though um and i thought it was more uh kind of like real world but it's very fantasy obviously as you get further along into the story which is fine. I just wasn't really expecting it. But I picked it up because it's one that has always been on my list. It was on Xbox Game Pass for the PC. So I was like, all right, you know, I should really just do this. It's free for me, basically. Um, Well, as much as free is for the $5 monthly. But anyway, so I started it up uh it definitely plays like an old game you can tell it is an older game but it looks really nice for a game that was a couple of years i think it was 2015 16 for this game it actually looks very beautiful for a lot of the the different areas obviously as you start getting deeper into like hell it's not as pretty um but the, the graphics are really nice to it. I enjoyed the story of it for the most part. Um, I really loved the way they did psychological disorders in this because the, the constant use of not needing something like... Uh, with The combat in this game is very similar to something like a Batman uh, Arkham Asylum where you have the enemies who are attacking you and you only really avoid when you're in combat and they're about to attack. Um, and I really loved the fact that there would be enemies behind you or about to attack you. And the only way you would know if you're not staring them in the face is that there would be constant whispers and other voices inside your head, essentially saying like, oh, they're going to hit you from behind. They're going to, they're watch out. They're attacking you, things like that. And it was such a different way to play the game without needing a constant like indicator. Um, but also giving you that constant, when you're not out, or when you're outside of combat, that constant like, um, not reassuring, but you basically second guess yourself because all these voices are talking to you and telling you different things. There was a portion of the game where you had to light this um, this one uh, kind of altar, and it would essentially light the world on fire where you were, and you would have to run back to an area, and it was kind of like a, a puzzle, like somewhat activity thing where you would have to get to a certain area before a timer otherwise you would end up coughing from all the smoke of the fire and you would end up dying and so i knew because i had just walked from point a to point b from where the gate was that i needed to go to the actual altar that i lighted when i lit the altar i immediately ran towards where i needed to go and all of a sudden there's voices inside my head that are screaming at me, oh, she's going the wrong way. She's going the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, uh, maybe I am going the wrong way. So I turned around, went to basically where I was before. It was a dead end. And I was like, I knew it was a dead end. Why did I turn around? And then ended up dying. And I was like, oh, damn it. Which was like very interesting just because it was, basically it's just human nature of someone tells you something and you like second guessing yourself. So it's that constant unaware of the world around you it's constantly having these people who are uh basically putting doubt on you and just kind of riling you up it's these different illusions as you get further into the game that uh man some of these parts were actually like really fucking creepy um but i really enjoyed it i got through uh the entirety of the game i i for one, didn't really care uh, as much for the combat of it. It was it was so-so. Uh, but the actual game element and putting that disorder to the game and trying to make you feel like you have this real fear of dying, you have this real fear of you know, these different illusions or these voices that are coming through to you was done really well. And I I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it. So I'm looking forward to the next piece of this because I'm hoping that they're going to clean up the combat a little bit and make it, uh, you know, a little bit more snappier, uh, especially now that they're part of the Xbox Game Studios, like, lineup. I'm sure they'll have a lot of resources to put into this. So I'm excited to see what that team produces. (coughs) And here he goes coughing. Yeah, I'm just going to (laughs) die. You're, like, dying over there, yeah. (laughs) I feel so bad. We got to, yeah, I'll go quicker on the next one. (laughs) (laughs) You're good.
1: Um, How long did it take you to beat the game? It took me about five to six hours, I think. Oh, that's not long at all. I thought it was, like, a much longer experience, like 15 or more. No, no. So I think if you're really, like,
0: trying to do everything because there's little like hidden faces in the world and hidden like uh not really hidden but like rune stones all over that will give you background story into like more of that mythology type setting you can find those they're all over the world you can wait and like listen to those but i just didn't really care as much i just wanted to kind of rush through the game to go through uh and i think if you did all of that it probably would be like an extra hour or two maybe But I still can't see someone if they're just playing from start to finish uh, and just going through. I can't see it being more than eight hours.
1: Mm. Would you say that this game, just based on like a story basis, since you weren't a big fan of the combat, would you say that it's worth like uh, actually purchasing it? Or is this something that you'd recommend to just like get Xbox Game Pass for?
0: Hmm. Um. I think it would still be worth it to get it if you didn't have Xbox Game Pass. I really enjoyed, for one, the just the psychological disorder uh, aspect of this, of trying to show that different, like a person who is uh, mentally unstable and give you kind of an insight into their world. I really enjoyed seeing that. I uh, do have a background in psychology, and I've always been interested in this type of, you know, disorder, uh, just field of study. So for me, I'm a little bit biased on that. Um, But I... I think I had a, you know, a great time with it. Uh, it was a little bit of a slog for some of the combat because some of them just felt like, okay, this is more of the same. Um, and I really just wanted to get to the story part, but you can also just, uh, I beat, I think it was like about the end of the game, some of the last boss or so. Once I got to this giant like uh, boar looking thing, I ended up just changing the difficulty to easy because it, Wasn't that it was like really challenging, but the game was just taking so long because enemies just had much chunkier health bars. So I just turned it to easy, went through really quick because I just wanted more of the story. Um, But I, like I said, to kind of not dwell on that, it basically, I recommend it. I think it's worth the pickup, especially now, because I'm sure you'll find it on sales or discounted because it is a older game. Um, But I enjoyed playing through it.
1: Yeah, as of recording, I don't know if when we post this, if it's going to be this price, but as of recording, to point out um, that you're like, obviously right, it's like 10 bucks on Steam right now.
0: Yeah, uh, that'll probably go up, though, because uh, I think today the is the last sale ends. of the winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the winter sale will end today, so probably um, it will go back up to full price, um, but you know, maybe this is one you just keep on your wish list and keep an eye on if it does go on sale again. I think it's worth it, regardless. Um, but also Xbox Game Pass if you have it, it's there.
1: Awesome! Uh, and you're also playing Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus.
0: Yeah. So I've always loved Binding of Isaac, uh, and I'm—we've talked about this. I'm a fan of Ed- Edmund McMillan. And his work, even dude, I have it to is, say,
1: he's like the cutest boy. He's yeah. <laughs> like watching Indie Game the movie, he's like so cute in that. And uh, I think Danny O'Dwyer put out a picture of like him, uh, like interviewing Edmund McMillan, and he's just such a cute boy. He's just right. so excited all the time, it's so interesting.
0: I mean, he seems at least from what I've seen from Indie Game the movie, he seems like a pretty dope dude. Um, that being said, he has a pretty <laughs> twisted mind. Yeah, uh, dude.
1: One of his games, you fight a vagina monster. Actually, no, uh, that's. You, you could also do that in Binding of Isaac.
0: Yeah, you do. You fight a lot of weird monsters. Uh, there's quite an imagination from this developer. Uh, but regardless, I've always been a big fan of Binding of Isaac. I had the initial one. So the first one that came out before they started building out expansions to it and like the remastered version, which I believe was Rebirth. Um, and then after Rebirth, they had DLC, which was Afterbirth and Afterbirth Plus. So I went on Steam because it's the winter sale, saw that it was 25 bucks to get all of the different Rebirth, Afterbirth... DLC, um, and then ended up just getting it on the Switch because it was 20 bucks for Afterbirth Plus. I don't know why since usually Switch is a uh, higher price, but regardless, I'm actually really happy I did because, man, that is a great game to have for portability's sake. Um, but regardless, I'm having a ton of fun with it. So when I stopped with Binding of Isaac, the normal version, there was like so much less to do in the game as far as the different relics the different power-ups the different enemies the different bosses like there is so much more that is packed into this game and I'm having such a fun time going through it and playing it again because it's got such a great like repetitive loop of going through and in a lot of cases, me getting my ass handed to me, but then there's a couple of runs where I just I get really good RNG and really good power-ups and I feel so powerful and I'm going through, I'm killing all these enemies and it's just so satisfying to play this game when you get that good run, that it's worth it to try that. And a lot of it is mostly just memorizing patterns of enemies and getting good, um, but I'm really rusty and I wasn't really that great at this game beforehand but watching uh, specifically what got me into this is i i started watching on twitch there's a, a streamer i believe is cobalt streak or strike i can't remember um but he's been doing a no deaths all unlock challenge and he's like almost done with it i've been watching him he's friggin crazy i don't know how he like barely will ever get hit by anything and just knows what every like he's like a walking encyclopedia with this game he just knows what every power up is he knows when to get what and why you should do things in a certain order it he's obviously played this game for a long time but watching him and just being like man i really want to pick this game up i i went through it and i'm having a blast with it i honestly feel bad because i feel like the next couple of weeks this is like all i want to play and i don't want to get anything
1: new (laughs) do you and i've wondered this for a while do you know why tommy um didn't work on binding of isaac after after they put out super meat boy uh which was edmund and tommy they like he doesn't work on any other games with him it doesn't seem
0: yeah i'm I'm not sure i don't i don't know the background of that yeah it's it's an interesting question Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: I've been wondering that for a while. Have you ever actually completed a run in Binding of Isaac? Yeah. Fuck, dude. I'm so bad at that game.
0: But it's... Well, it's hard to say completed because with Binding of Isaac, when you complete it, like... You complete it, and then it unlocks more for you to do, essentially. Oh, that's really
1: cool. Do you get to keep all your power-ups and everything? No. (laughs) Oh. So you just restart like the standard (laughs) roguelike? Yeah,
0: yeah, you restart. So, like, the first one is you end up killing Mom. And then after that, you get two new rooms to explore after mom, which is like you going in a place called the utero, which is essentially (coughs) her uterus, which this game is really fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) But you go through and you have two more uh, rooms, like two more levels to go through. And then at the end of that, you fight uh, basically a fetus inside of your mother, which is like you, I guess. You got to beat us that
1: fetus, dude
0: yeah pretty much and so you're fighting that which is crazy and then once you unlock that then you can go through um basically picking whether you want to go deeper into hell or like up into heaven and then there's different bosses for all of those and it just keeps going like each time you do one of those major boss like completions it then unlocks it for you so that you can do a longer run essentially
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've played a little bit of Binding of Isaac on the Nintendo Switch when it got a physical release, I believe, in 2017. But mm. that's pretty much all I've played of it. I've never completed a run or got to the end or anything. I was never part of the get-good squad. It's... Uh, you should get good. Get good with me. I'll... <laughs> We'll do it together. <laughs> uh, for me, what I've been playing is pretty much just... I, I talked about this a lot during the Indie Game of the Year episode. Uh, I've been playing more Minoria. Really enjoy it. Hitting up some more bosses. Um, kind of running into a bunch of different creature designs, which I really enjoy. Uh, I played a short hike, and I beat it. Really, really liked that game. Also listen to our Indie Game of the Year episode. It might surprise you, I guess. Um, <laughs> it surprised Josh, Gosh. so maybe surprising? not as much now yeah based on what you just said it's i i really really like it um a short hike is a lot of fun and it's got some really really cool visuals especially in the end uh plus the characters are really interesting and yeah i i don't want to say too much about it because i've already talked about it so much and we have that other episode uh
0: right uh, before you do though how long did it take you to complete the entire thing
1: like less than two hours okay wow that is a short hike yeah you can actually i guess that would be a long hike uh yeah the at that's actually a joke like it's called a short hike and initially you're told uh by your like aunt that she's like yeah it's just a short hike to the peak and then once you go back down you go and talk to your aunt and you're just like no it wasn't
0: <laughs> you bitch <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, if you actually want to complete everything, like you can comp- complete the like parkour challenges and do all of the uh, additional um, side quests. I imagine will take longer, but it didn't take me more than like two hours, maybe two and a half.
0: Right, right. Yeah is it a is it an expensive game? And what is it like?
1: No, it was five bucks when I bought it on the winter sale. It's it's uh, I believe it might be $7.99, 10 bucks normally. Okay, so it's That's it's really cheap. I'd recommend like it it i don't think it'll be for everybody but it is an experience that i think uh like most people get with the the few people that won't like it will probably be those who like kind of like the first person shooter and like super action heavy games this one is just super chill it's just fun you just run around you grab feathers you climb you talk to characters you just like fuck around dig up like treasures and stuff it's it's interesting it's Yeah, it's a really mellow game. It's it's not for those like looking for something to really sink their teeth into. It's just something that you might like play a couple hours of every now and then just because it's interesting. But yeah, you don't. You
0: weren't you the person who said you didn't want uh animal crossing or no, i'm not gonna play fucking animal
1: crossing dude this you're literally this explaining dumb.
0: animal crossing's whole thing like that was exactly <laughs> like you're digging you're talking to people you're climbing you're like that is exactly
1: animal crossing yeah but wow. i'm not being fucking gouged by some dick actually you do you get gouged by a dickhead but i'm not like fucking paying mortgage on a house that i didn't give a shit about you know now
0: it's a desert island getaway though <laughs>
1: No, I'm, I've am i never been a fan of the Animal Crossing games. I tried to play it when I was younger on the DS, but I just can't get into it. It's just not interesting enough. And I'm actually trying to get my fiancé into video games other than Spyro, and uh, I bought her a... <laughs> that's awfully specific. Yeah, that's all she plays. Um, uh-huh. I bought her a 3DS, and I got her Animal Crossing New Leaf because I thought she'd really enjoy it. And she was, like, playing a little bit every now and then, but it really started to piss her off that shops, like, when she would get to play the game, the shops would all be closed because (laughs) it was late at night.
0: (laughs) Just change the time on the console. That's what I
1: told her, and she said that's cheating. So... (laughs) what? I mean, yeah, but just... Yeah, dude, it's just theirs. like Pokemon. Like, I really wanted to get that fetus Pokemon, but I was not going to change the time. And mm. the weather I system is fucking with you. stupid. You're a bitch, dude.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could have. I
1: still got him. I, got I a love fetus that boy. fetus Pokemon. He's so cool. He's definitely my favorite Pokemon.
0: You're so weird, dude.
1: <laughs> He's so interesting looking. Uh, the last game that I have been playing is actually The Messenger. Sure, it came out a couple years ago, but actually I think it came out last year, right? Came out, well,
0: I think Maybe it was 18. It was, no, it was oh, 2018. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I'm, I'm saying last year, but I'm meaning 2018 because we're yeah, two yeah, days yeah, yeah. into 2020. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, I believe it came <laughs> out in 2018. Uh, super fun. By the way, Minoria is made by Bomb Service. Uh, A short hike is made by Adam Robinson. You and the messenger is made by Sabotage Studios or just Sabotage. Uh, that's all I can find with Sabotage. But. Good. The messenger I find actually really fun. I, I at the risk of spoiling this for people who didn't know, I have yet to got to the to get to the point where it actually changes like graphical styles.
0: Oh man, that's such a big twist in everything. You got to get there. I
1: know it's really interesting, and I like the character design of your like second form so much more because he has that awesome straw hat on. But. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't gotten too far into it. It's it's fun, and I like how quirky uh, a lot of the characters are, like the necromancer who's talking to his staff. And his staff's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I want to be evil. And he's like, I don't want to be. And he's like, fine, I'll leave you. And he's like, how are you going to be evil if you're not in my hand? Like, I have to use you. And he's like, you got me there. That's a good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the the actual dialogue in this game is so good. I love it. I, so do you, you know the, like what happens when that, uh, that transition happens though, right?
1: Um, not really. No. Okay. Okay. I, good. I know yeah, some yeah, yeah. of we'll the stuff, I. but I don't know a whole lot about it. Like I know who the, sh- I'm not going to say anything cause I don't want to ruin anything for that's, everybody. Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, fine. I just,
0: I wanted to see where you you at yeah uh, where you're at i've
1: seen a little bit of it in like random list videos and stuff like that but
0: gotcha 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 yeah i'm excited to see your opinion when you get like more into the game
1: yeah i want to play more it's it's really fun um there's nothing really holding me back from it other than you know playing minoria i'm also playing uh momodora reverie under the moonlight i bought i fought that big titty boss oh yeah Yeah, how was it the shit out of her were you
0: so distracted just couldn't couldn't pay attention kept
1: getting hit them big anime titties dude they just got me no it's actually a super easy boss fight
0: oh well, they probably wanted it to be easy so you could just look at the boobs
1: yeah you just slap her titties around she tries to hit you with like these balls of magic you move and then you just slap her titties some more Mm. sounds like my saturday night (laughs) yeah i i really enjoy back to the messenger i really enjoy it um the, the movement is kind of interesting. So I like the whole, like, I want to say it's a wave dash. What is it? No, that's not what it's called. What is it called when you, like, strike and then you jump again? I don't remember
0: the actual, yeah, I don't remember the actual name. But it's basically <laughs> just constantly keeping yourself afloat because you get an extra jump every time you hit something
1: yeah yeah and i unlocked the ability to like uh do the same with projectiles which was really nice yeah but um i don't know it's like for having that in it it's oddly your character is oddly slow which sounds weird. Like I anticipated it to be much like him to be much faster of a character, um, right, especially right. because of that. But instead it's just like your typical kind of platformer. They don't move across the cre- screen too quickly. Um, I'm Basically I'm expecting it to be like fucking Spectre of Torment and instead it's just like Shovel Knight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get what you, you're you saying for that. It can be a bit clunky at times. Um, I think it also takes a while for... Have you gotten the, the grappling hook yet? No, uh uh-uh. Okay, so that'll help I a, a lot. I just beat the
1: Necromancer, I think. So I'm gotcha. only like two bosses in.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 So there's a couple of things that you'll get in addition to your normal kit that will help speed that up a lot. So if you watch Speedrunners, um, once you get good at that basically like the jumping effect um using the grapple hook and that double jump will basically make you fly across the screen so it just takes some time but otherwise at the start it can be a little clunky
1: i'm gonna be honest so that jump is like a pain in the dick it's like it's hard to get used to you'll
0: get used to it 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 took me a while as well
1: yeah, I'm. I'm excited to play more. I also, and I'm not gonna talk really at all about this, but I have become a real gamer boy, and I'm. Wow. Uh, I'm currently starting my perpetual journey into Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I decided wow. to play some Bloodborne. Yeah, just because I wanted to read the comics, so I was like, "Hey, I got to play the game."
0: Damn. That's my I can't entire wait to thought hear process. How pissed off you get?
1: I mean, I've killed. Uh, I killed the cleric beast. Not too bad. Summoned like Father Gascon to help me do that one. And then you have to fight him. And dude's a cuck. Not a fan. <laughs> He's a big butthole. He's like, hey, I've got three different stages. And I'm like, hey, why don't you just go fuck yourself? Like, that's just Sounds annoying as right. shit. Um, but I realized today that I was not performing the visceral attacks correctly when my friend brought it up to me. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe Hopefully not, I figure be good. it out now. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know nothing about bloodborne or the souls games dude that shit's fun
1: i'm gonna be honest it's a huge pain but i do actually enjoy them and because of like minoria and momodora it's making me want to go back and actually play a lot of the like demon souls and dark souls and bloodborne
0: yeah every so often i get like a an urge to pick them up and actually try them (laughs) but i also i just don't want to rage and I know I'm gonna rage, <laughs>
1: dude. I give myself bruises because I punch myself in the leg.
0: Oh my god, no! But
1: I, I have yet to get actually annoyed. Like Bloodborne is kind of nice because, and I'm sorry, I know I said we weren't gonna talk about this much, but trust me, this isn't that much. Um, <laughs> it, Bloodborne is kind of different. So in like Dark Souls, you have like I uh, I think three Estus flasks to begin with, which is basically just heals you. Um, right. In Bloodborne, and you could. You can increase that with, like, Estus Shards, which you can then forge into Estus Flasks, I believe. Um I can't 100% remember. It's been a while since I played Dark Souls. But in Bloodborne, you actually just get, like, kind of... I forget what they're called. Um They're basically, like, healing syringes that you stab into your leg. You get 20 of them. So you have quite a bit to actually, like, heal you. Um Plus, it's much more fast-paced than Dark Souls. So I, I actually think it's... It is one of the most accessible of the games.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of what I've heard as well. And that's why I probably would only consider doing Bloodborne as opposed to the, you know, like original Dark Souls. But I don't know. I still probably won't ever do it. <laughs> Dude, you're
1: in the Get Good squad. You got to. Figure- I know.
0: I am. But I don't know. I just. I like Get Good for like platformers and things like that. <laughs> Not for like. The fighting. I don't know. It's the same thing that was kind of with like Hellblade. Is it was like it was kind of slow paced of combat and just dodge attack 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 dodge attack attack dodge and just constantly doing that. And I was like, ah, this is great, but nah,
1: that's okay. All right. Uh, so. Let's hop in to our meat and potatoes. Not really of this episode. Uh, uh, it's mostly just one potato. Yeah, just the just the one, the single piece. Uh, this is our one news story for today. It's over on GameSpot. It's written by Steve Watts, and it is untitled. Goose Game honks its way to a huge milestone. It's actually just two huge milestone. Thanks for honking, by the way. That's nice. Thanks. Indeed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> had to get it out you know i hear i hear the word honk and it just something takes over
1: <laughs> you're you're like you've got like the goose poltergeist you're you're now like what is it uh fuck what is it called when demons invade your know? body
0: uh, uh how's this
1: totally like blanking on this uh possessed you're possessed by the that's goose. the word yeah yeah um the so proud of you (laughs) the indie hit untitled goose game has crossed a million copies sold according to panic uh the milestone came just a couple weeks after the game hit ps4 and xbox one having originally debuted on pc via the epic game store and nintendo switch the publisher marked the announcement with a heartfelt thanks to fans uh and this is a quote it seems impossible but last week uh yeah, but last week, three months after launch, Untitled Goose Game passed one million copies sold. Said uh Cabell Saucer, maybe, not a hundred percent. Um, on Twitter, from the bottom, good enough of, for me. <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, of our hearts, uh, thank you for playing our video game. The reaction has or was beyond anything we could have imagined. The fan art, the writing, yes, the memes, uh protest signs oh yeah shit there are people oh, with protest no. signs <laughs> i <laughs> forgot about that uh chrissy tegan muppets it feels like a once in a it it feels once in a lifetime okay that's what i thought i said uh <laughs> we hope <laughs> we hope we brought some joy into your life because you brought so much into ours uh that's where i'm gonna end on this article because the rest is kind of just shouting out GameSpot stuff but that's so awesome <laughs> that they hit a million copies sold
0: that's nuts that's a really short amount of time especially for an independent developer like when did when did untitled goose game come out like only a couple of months ago right
1: um in september september
0: yeah so like this man only like four
1: months to hit a million that's nuts yeah yeah it's absolutely crazy i mean we've talked about i'm wondering i what was it the We talked about recently a uh, Shovel Knight milestone, but I believe that one was quite a bit more than a million.
0: Mm, I would have to guess that it would be, but yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head.
1: Bad memory. Uh, I'm going to look up Shovel Knight copies sold. Uh, Two million is what this one says on Wikipedia. By December 2014, Mm. it had sold more than 300,000 copies across all platforms. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the That'd game sold 1.5 million copies by December 2016. Oh shit, so it took them like two years. That's what I'm saying.
0: That's why it's like so crazy how fast this one went. And I wonder, I wonder what the breakdown is of like, did that hit a million because when it hit PS4 and Xbox One, like a bunch of people joined <laughs> up with it? Or just because, you know, the fact that it was on Switch got to like 700,000 and then now it like brought it up to the next tier.
1: Yeah. I'm also interested to see if it has kind of like the, the long lasting uh, value to it. Cause like Mm. uh, included in that was like Shovel Knight by 2018 had sold, I believe like 2 million and then even more than that later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if it's going to have like, if it's going to continue to sell. I don't think so. Um, I think it'll still continue to
0: sell, just not in the same way that Shovel Knight did. Because you have to think about it. With Shovel Knight, it made sense because they constantly had another yeah, thing. Yeah, they put out updates. Like, Here's another free, you know, uh, extra thing, and then it's like, oh, there's a lot of content. Maybe I'll get it. And then if they didn't get it, then then they see another thing comes out, and it's like, oh, there's even more content. Maybe I should get it now. Like they constantly have that you know trickle effect of here's something else here's something else here's something else that gets another wave of people interested whereas untitled goose game i loved the you know the widespread movement that it caused of like all the goose memes and all the craziness but if you think about where they were when it first launched and where they are today like it's definitely died down a bit and that's just because that's how things work you know there's no way they could keep that up forever if they're not pushing out something new So will it continue to sell as well as it did? I don't think so. Um, I could be wrong, uh, but I would be, you know, shocked if it sold 2 million within the next four months. Like it's not going to sell another million unless I would assume they'd have to put out some kind of DLC or some kind of, you know, reason for people to jump back into it that would then get other people to want to purchase it because it's now something more that, individuals are talking about something that people are streaming something that you know it's got to cause some kind of wave of commotion
1: yeah i was gonna ask um since it's had such like kind of well, this big uproar and this awesome following and uh, seemingly massive success do you think that that will drive the team to actually work on additional dlc for entitled goose game like shovel knight was a different story they had to because they promised it on kickstarter which i guess they didn't necessarily have to People have kind of, like, not done that stuff before. But do you think that uh, House House will actually, like, kind of build upon uh, Untitled Goose Game? Or do you think that they'll move on to maybe a sequel or, like, just move off of that game in, in general? Mm. That You know, that's interesting because from this
0: studio, which which is weird because this was kind of more of, like, a joke. So I wonder what they you know, really wanted to work on or what that team really wants to do. Like, granted, yes, they, you know, did this in a very well way, but there have been articles that show that this was more of kind of like they just came up with it and then it just kind of rolled into this thing and kind of built its own life on its own. But I'd be interested to see where they really want to take this. You know, there's the one side of them that could say, we want to be lucrative and we want to make money, so we'll do an untitled goose game 2. Um, but then if they have made a good enough amount, they could also say, "Hey, we have some breathing room as an independent studio with the people that we have, let's work on something that, you know, maybe we can fall back on and slightly fail a little bit so that we can do what we really, uh, you know, have set out to do or what we really are inspired by. I don't know because I don't know enough about the team or what they've worked on, you know, previously what they've uh, as individuals have worked on. So it's kind of a toss-up. It depends. I mean, I would say that the smarter choice from a business perspective is to go into the sequel of Untitled Goose Game so they make a ton more money. Um, but I also think that if this team is able to create something like that, why can't they build something else that, you know, maybe is completely different.
1: Do you think if they actually put out a sequel, it would create the uproar that the first did? Or do you think it would be kind of like somewhat played out by then? I mean, I I shouldn't say by then because we don't know if it's even happening, let alone how long it'll take. But what do you think?
0: Right, I think depending on how much time they take in between that is whether or not that will happen. I think if they released an untitled goose game 2 like within, you know, 2020, I think it would be a little too soon just because they would have to do something kind of drastic to to really, you know, change the mold or to bring in something new and exciting to say like why should this be untitled goose game 2 versus just some DLC content of here's more people to screw around with. Um, But I think if they also waited long enough and created Untitled Goose Game 2 a couple of years down the road, I think there would be that breath of fresh air where people say like, oh, it's been a while since we've seen the goose do some crazy stuff. Let's see what we can get into some kind of wacky antics that are now available for us. So I I think it really is just time on their side for this part, which is why I'd like them to most likely do something new. Um, or to not create, I guess, Untitled Goose Game two, but to just create more just DLC for it.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested to see what House House does. I think they're in kind of like a unique position where they could continue to do this, or that they could take this kind of like large nest egg and actually kind of work on something that they that wasn't necessarily based on a joke, that they actually kind of like felt creatively like that they felt creative. I don't know that they really like want to work on, inspired basically. to do yeah.
0: like that. They want that, that inspiration of why did you become, you know, an independent developer studio? What do you really want to build as your, you know, your piece of fame, so to speak? Like I get that their character right now for house House is the goose, um, <laughs> But is that what they really want to be known for forever? Probably not. They probably want to do something a little bit different. Um, whether it's still as wacky and interesting, uh, you know, they could still be a part of that. But we'll see where they go from here.
1: That we will. Uh, so big, Josh, boy, there is no news cramp segment today because we barely had enough news to talk about any of it today. So,
0: It's true. I'm feeling quite starved for news.
1: <laughs> so instead, what we're going to do is just hop right into God Bless the Crowd. Today in God Bless the Crowd, we have wow. one game to talk about. It is called a. <laughs> it Is Nice When It Snows. A Winter Tale. This is a 2D platform adventure with challenging puzzles in a magical tale setting with a social message where you control a snowball. Uh, This team is trying to get, uh, their goal is $28,002. They currently have $2,005 with 37 backers and 31 days left to go. Uh, To get in on the ground floor, I mean you technically could do the $2 um, which would get you a wallpaper and their infinite gratitude. Uh, but to actually get the game, you got to give $17. So what do you mm-hmm. think about the this snowball game, Big Josh Boy? <laughs>
0: this was one of those where I was kind of searching and I wasn't finding anything right away that like really caught my eye. Um, I think that the basis uh, of this game, the core mechanic behind it, could be something great right now it does look a little bit wonky um to be honest just because you really don't see much uh from here other than you being a snowball and it's kind of like well how much could you really do with that <coughs> um but at the same I mean, supposedly time you can grow bigger th- and smaller yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I think it is interesting. I like to see more of it. This is one of those ones where I'd be interested to see where it goes, but I personally probably wouldn't back it right away, um, which I know is not the best thing to do when you're promoting something, but that's just how it is. Um, but I, I still think it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I like the fact that you're just a snowball, which seems ridiculous. Um And I do like the fact that there are some parts to it where I could see this getting interesting, where you have that split-off effect, where you can have multiple snowballs in different areas. Having it grow and get smaller, depending on what kind of puzzle they can think of, would be really interesting. I just, from their Kickstarter, haven't seen too much, other than them saying, hey, there's going to be... Five different worlds. There's going to be a bunch of you know unique puzzles. Uh, I'm not as crazy about the fact that they say with a social impact message, um because it it seems weird to just kind of push that agenda without trying to show what that message is.
1: I guess. Yeah, they even say it in the trailer, but don't really actually say anything about it. They, yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, we have a message. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's a little strange
0: to, to push that. I wish they would have pushed more of just like what the message is to try and get people who are like behind that to, to, you know, want to see more of this. Cause I think that would have had more of an impact than just saying, Hey, we have, you know, a, a story and like a, a deeper meaning to it. But that being said, maybe some people are interested because they see it as, you know, the snowball and they're like, well, I guess there's more to it. Maybe it'll be interesting. I don't personally know. Um, I think it could be fun, uh, but, you know, puzzle games, unless they have, like, a really unique mechanic, I oftentimes will end up playing for, like, an hour or two and then just kind of getting, like, fatigued and putting down. Um, so it's probably not going to be for me.
1: Yeah, I I don't really—I mean, I don't know. The, something I— I do enjoy puzzle platformers quite a bit. It just depends. I have to like the world and the characters. And it kind of like... It doesn't help that there's not necessarily like kind of a mascot or a main character this other than this just kind of like snowball. Generic snowball. Yeah, it's it's just... Like, it would be different if it was the fully-fledged snowman, kind of, I guess. Um, But since it's just like this fucking cotton ball going across I mean, maybe you could just
0: have like a, a like a face that's
1: constantly rolling around yeah just kind of anything that would make it like anthropomorphized like mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking arms and a legs or something just anything to make it look like a real character would probably help me out a quite a bit um mm-hmm. there's just because i do like the the really interesting kind of like uh, don't starve ask art style that the four yeah. background have, but mm. the snowball itself is just so boring. And I, I really mean <laughs> it. It looks like a cotton ball.
0: Yeah. It, it also, it's kind of uh, a shame because the art style is so interesting in the background. And then you have just a very, and I guess they did that to distinguish it from the background but like the snowball character doesn't blend in with anything else in the world really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has like a different color palette to the rest of the snow, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting too. Um, I think it'll be cool to see how this unfolds and what kind of like uh, gameplay elements they could do. Like you said, there, there is the, you can divide your snowball into multiple. Uh, you actually can gain and decrease snow so that you can accomplish certain puzzles. It, it seems really interesting, um, but I I wouldn't back it either, honestly. It, it doesn't seem like my kind of game, but if you guys mm. like Snowballs and you like Puzzle Platformers, which is an odd mix. If you like <laughs> Snowballs. Yeah. Hop over uh, to Kickstarter and back this game. Um yeah, I don't have much else to say about this other than that. I mean, I normally would, like, talk shit about a trailer or, like, mock something, just kind of be a general a-hole. But I don't have any real issues with this game other than it just kind of looks milk toast. Like, it, it doesn't stand out in a real way. Right.
0: I mean, snow is a pretty bland thing, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just frozen water. I've always remembered when I was a kid, like, thinking snow tasted good, and then you think about it, and you're like, it doesn't, it's just fucking water.
0: Yeah, it's also fucking nasty, because it's on the ground.
1: I mean, you just don't get the shit that's on the ground, you like get the top stuff, you know?
0: What? The top stuff? Like, you mean the stuff that's fallen? <laughs> What do you mean?
1: Well, why, who or describes like, there's like falling a pile. snow as top stuff? No, there's like a pile, and then there's the stuff that touched the ground, and then there's like the stuff on top. What do you take?
0: So you dig? Well, I mean,
1: yeah, but people step on that then. Well, I'm not talking about the shit people are stepping on. Damn. Well, where sh- the fuck are you, finding you find You find this pristine bit of snow that nobody <laughs> has fucked with and that the world has yet to taint, and that's the stuff you eat.
0: Yeah, but how do you know it hasn't been tainted?
1: I mean, really, I think I was just building up my immune system, but doing it quite terribly. So, I
0: mean, as you can see, you're
1: sick and I'm not. I've never
0: eaten <laughs> snow off the ground, so it's also winter here, Wynn. and
1: you live in Florida. Yep, never had to eat snow. <laughs> does it? I, I've always wondered this. Does it snow there?
0: Uh, not where I live. So, in I think the like the. Higher tips of Florida, it can very rarely. Um, but like down in Fort Lauderdale where I am, down at like the tip the <laughs> tip of the dong, uh, there's like never a time when it would snow. The coldest it gets down here is really in like the forties, I think. Um It's yeah, it's never cold enough for it to snow.
1: Yeah, so you don't even know. Bitch, you freaking I mean I know yeah, what you're like. around in the snow like I've this been, kid.
0: I've been to places with snow. I've traveled to snow. I've seen it. I've gotten it falling into my eyes. It's
1: it's awful. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, like, I fucking hate snow.
0: It's so bad. I hate it. It blows. The first the first time I saw it, I went and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And then it kept getting in my face and I was like, "Oh, what get out of here?" I was like, "This is so bad." And then I didn't it like wasn't enough to even cover the ground, so I didn't get that nice like snow look. It was just like
1: going into my eyes. however much i dislike snow i actually really like to shovel driveways for some reason
0: you are crazy
1: it's just like really kind of peaceful you just sit there and like listen to a podcast or some dumb shit just fucking shovel in a (laughs) driveway
0: all right well uh, I I'm guess a, if you guys want your driveway shoveled, the yeah. lawn's on the case. Hit
1: this kid up. You can pay me to do it because I'm not going to do that shit for free. I'm a simple-minded creature. Uh, speaking of, let's hop into our random questions of today. Uh, we have two random questions, both written in by Chase. The <laughs> first one he wrote in last week, but I forgot about it. So sorry for that. He told me I was racist because of it. and
0: Wow, that's weird. Yeah, uh, Aren't you both white? Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, what
0: race are you racist against?
1: <laughs> I mean, he's like a quarter Mexican, I think. So.
0: Ah, a quarter racist. Yeah, the worst kind. I'm not
1: entirely racist. Uh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, just okay. a little bit is fine, I guess.
0: <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Well, I, I don't. Um. Yeah. Let's just go to the question.
1: <laughs> Uh, chase wrote in his first question and these tie together and apparently he is going to build a larger narrative with this which is kind of interesting he writes in and says imagine the world goes to shit and a few of your close friends slash family are alive along with 10 percent of the usa what does your first week look like what are your goals and are you nice to other survivors or is it us versus them now i should Uh, Kind of preface this was saying that he has said that this was just kind of like a random event for the most part you don't have to worry about getting sick because of it Um, Mm -hmm. and as far as I know this isn't like a fucking zombie apocalypse scenario. This is just, I mean, we
0: don't know. The story is unfolding.
1: Yeah. right before our eyes. Um, yeah, it could be in another freaking question. He's going to say, yeah. "JK, they're zombies, eat a dick." But wow, that's that's a not a question. <laughs> <laughs> he he just on, writes Chase. in with a statement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just that statement.
1: Uh, oh my so. God. What would your first week what would your goals be in your first week? What would you first do? And if you came upon survivors, which seems pretty unlikely considering only 10% of the 10%. US survived. Yeah. What would you do?
0: Uh well, I mean that's interesting because if 10% of the US is left, 90% just gone. Then it would be interesting to see
1: what oh, part of that I should also pers- say that— It is like a a sickness and stuff, so buildings are still intact and everything. I very specifically asked him that question. So everything is as it normally would be, just a lot less people.
0: Okay, because that's kind of where I was getting to is because, like, what's functional right now? I guess that would be the first week, like, would basically just to be assess the situation. Like, you know, are there radio stations that are out there where people are, like, talking about this and... (laughs) kind of giving any type of like, oh, we're trying to help the remaining survivors or this is what's happening. Try to find uh, some constant source of food because if 90% are gone, that means like uh, we don't really have supermarkets anymore. Um, And then I guess to find some type of defense because with that whole uh, apocalypse sort of mentality there's going to be people out of that 10 percent i'm sure that will kind of be a every man for himself um as for the are you nice to other survivors i think it would depend on the first couple of like goals and finding out really how the world has taken to this part just because if there's anything i've learned from you know post-apocalyptic books and games which there's not much to learn because obviously those are fake but uh it's that people are assholes um and it's hard to know who you can really trust so i don't know if i would trust anyone other than people i know unfortunately
1: (laughs) yeah luckily and he i I love that he pointed out that some of your close friends and family are alive along with you so you just got super lucky and fucking 90 percent were wiped out but you still got your bro you know you, you're yeah. still like fist bumping in the apocalypse but um I, mean,
0: I think man we'd also have to cancel the podcast i don't think we could do it anymore
1: <laughs> yeah uh it's considering that not a lot of people want to listen to us talk about indie maybe games the 10 percent
0: are the the fans that we have it's only people who listen to our podcast are still alive
1: we'd be the most popular podcast on earth maybe I don't know. I mean,
0: uh, I still don't think we would be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody somewhere like podcasting about cheese that is for some reason more entertaining than us talking about indie games.
0: I mean, there's a lot of cheese, like a lot of cheese. Yeah. You could yeah. probably do a podcast on that. I'm probably, sure there is.
1: I'm def- there's definitely a podcast about cheese. But um for me, what would my first week look like? What are my goals? Since shelter does not seem to be an issue since none of the buildings are like fucked up or anything like that. Um I would pretty much just try to gather up with all my friends, close family, whoever is still alive. Um I when it comes to like I would initially try to kind of like stockpile food. We'd probably mm-hmm. head to like some grocery stores, get as much food as possible. I uh, I think we'd all kind of like congregate in a single place. Uh, kind of like move yeah. into maybe a single neighborhood because I don't think that we'd want to branch out too much. Like my yeah, parents- like a nice condo, you know, settle yeah. down, you know. My parents the, live like dream. 30 minutes, 40 minutes away from me and- I don't know how long communication would last with them, considering most of the U.S. is, like, annihilated, so there's not many people who could, like, hold up these systems. So I think we'd all pretty much move closer to each other. Uh, of course, technically we'd be looting, but I think in the apocalypse, looting is kind of acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> um, mean, if,
0: if, I mean, yeah, like, eventually looting's not okay, but, like, in the immediate couple of like th- that year for sure <laughs> you really don't even know like it would be so annoying because you'd be like oh man i've grown to this lifestyle of going to the supermarket and there's food there and then you're like oh now i need to find an actual person who farms or can get food like
1: it would be awful yeah yeah it would be really it would, it would be know, interesting um that's where the whole like are you nice to other survivors and i mm-hmm. uh, like kind is it us versus them for me i would i would be nice um, i'd be welcoming cuz really like i'm assuming we know that a lot of the we know that a lot of people are wiped out because you'd see it like you right. if only 10% of the us is alive i i think you'd notice that um
0: I mean, yeah, I'd like, I, cause I kind of feel the same way. That's why I was like a little bit hesitant on my answer with that one. Cause I would be nice, but to a degree, like I don't feel like I'd ever trust a lot of people and it would take quite a bit of time. I think it would be good to create some kind of vetting process, but obviously that comes into a weird, like <coughs> uh, kind of almost building a government of ourselves, which I also wouldn't want to do. I don't know. It, it's weird. I don't know how I would vet someone or, or find out that they're like, Okay for the area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd be okay to kind of be in your society, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Cause
0: like, and I, granted, right away it probably wouldn't be that bad. But like, as more people start to like pick up on like, oh, I could probably get away with shit because it's kind of like a, a free for all now. Like, and granted, maybe, maybe it even wouldn't because like there's a lot of people in the US. So depending on how. Heavily impacted, like, because if it's heavily impacted and dispersed across the U.S., then it would probably be bad. But like, is the ninety percent all in other states, and like the ten percent is my state, and we're all like just still the same amount of people? Like,
1: no, I'd assume that it's across the U.S., like ten percent up from the U.S., like as a whole. So yeah, uh, that. Given that, it's pretty weird that your close friends and family just happen. That's to survive, what I'm saying' is like it's
0: very very specific
1: still that is a nice caveat that he added um yeah i would I would be nice I would be welcoming to other survivors because at that point, it's like you kind of have to help other people or they you might be you i mean you're not really condemning them to death because they're gonna murder you in your sleep yeah maybe you never know um but i wouldn't exactly be super welcoming to them i'm not gonna like invite them into my house or anything but it's not mm. a shoot on site kind of a thing um let's right. move into that his next sense. question or kind of like statement and part then questions. two uh, yeah part two uh early in the first week you uh checked on your neighbors still not totally understanding what happened you find them in their bed sleeping uh, after trying to wake them you check for vitals peeling their eyelid open it's completely bloodshot their skin is completely pale and cold uh this leads into the next month roads are pretty clear and homes still intact businesses are mildly looted but there isn't much uh there there aren't many signs of life uh this yeah, the event is still a mystery to you, but life moves on. What are your goals and actions in the first month after the first week? So you already did everything in your first week, you kind of like uh for me it's kind of like getting all of the people I know that are still alive close by and gathering all of these like foods, resources and stuff like that. What does uh the first month afterwards look like for you?
0: Uh oof. Well, I guess at this point we know there's like it's getting worse I guess if our neighbors are also dying or maybe they're part of that 90%. I don't really know. Oh,
1: yeah, they're they're already dead. He's saying that like within the first week you go and check on your neighbor and it turns gotcha. out they're dead. So you're you're kind of seeing that like this is how they died. Like it was a sickness mm. that just took them. Like these gotcha. people didn't even like seemingly fight or anything. They just looked like they were asleep. They died in their sleep basically.
0: Yeah. uh, hmm, That's interesting. I I really don't know. I guess I would have to, because for me, it would be more of a lot of the same from the first week to the first month, because it's a lot of just stocking up on resources. It's preparing like different roles for people of like, okay, certain systems, like you said, are going to eventually run out. so it seems if it's only 10%. So you would have to try to find people who have certain unique skills that could, you know, help you prosper as a small society. Um, I think it would be mainly just food and shelter that we would have to worry about as far as like, cause yeah, cause I guess there's no one, or we'd have to find out if, like, people are, like, who's manning, like, the like electric or water or, you know, like, how does the, any of that work after 90% of the U.S. is gone? So that would be the type of things that you would have to, like, set out to try and figure out. Do we have someone who's actively going to keep this up? Do we have, you know, a way that this is going to still run? Um, things like that would be my main focus. So just general survival.
1: Yeah, what sounds bad is that luckily so much of the U.S. is wiped out that, like, You actually, whatever supplies, like if I went to fucking Walmart, there's so little, there's, there's so little people around that, like the majority of that could be used for just us. Mm -hmm. So especially if you ration, like your, your food and your water and everything could last quite a long time. Your provisions would last quite a while. You get uh, that, but yeah, the, the first month would be pretty much like, I would say still looking for people, um, still gathering supplies and kind of like setting up a ration because like you said we don't know exactly what's going to happen you don't know about like this water the electricity and stuff like that sure it's going to work for a little while right now but you don't necessarily know how long it's going to last um yeah i'd go to each one of like these houses kind of like get ready for the worst um definitely visit some like Other than just gathering supplies that are like food and water, also gathering stuff like, uh, just miscellaneous weird shit that you can find at like a sportsman's warehouse, like, uh, water desalinators and Mm -hmm, mm kind of just like, uh, normal outdoorsy stuff that would help you survive without the provisions that you already have, um, Kind of just setting, like, after the first week, which is your immediate survival and kind of, like, getting your bearings, I think the month afterwards is about your continued survival. That's when you need to start working, like, long-term or thinking long-term and Mm -hmm. also getting these fucking bodies, like, out of these houses and shit, I guess. Like, burying people I would also try to do, at least the people I knew, um, for the most part.
0: I mean, otherwise it's going to start stinking, especially if you, like, you're in an apartment. And all yeah. your fucking neighbors are dead? That's gross.
1: Yeah, and it's not like it's not healthy. Um, I would also wonder, like mm-hmm. he hasn't said anything yet. I wonder if like, Is it the animal population or, was affected at all. Uh, or if it's just was, humanity. Are
0: other countries getting hit by this?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. He did just specify the USA. So if yeah. other countries weren't affected by this, I can guarantee you that the people of the USA would totally get fucked. Like some other country would invade us immediately well,
0: just find a person who knows how to fly a plane and get the fuck out.
1: Yeah, go to like Guatemala or some place that didn't happen to like fucking get genocided, I guess. It didn't just get straight up murked. Uh, mm. So, yeah. We Once again, away another, another weird one from
0: Chase. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's really thinking about this. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what he writes in with next week. And hopefully I remember to read it. Uh, that's it <sighs> for this episode of the podcast. This one actually wasn't as short as I thought it was going to be. Only an hour.
0: Yeah, I mean, we spent We've gone a lot like of time two just hours BS-ing. recently. Though. Yeah, like, that's true too.
1: Going pretty long normally, so well,
0: that's because we keep playing too many games. Keep talking about it. It's mostly I, I do ramble about games, so I I will attribute some of that to my fault.
1: Hey, I imagine that gets people to play them, so that's awesome. Play more indies, guys, especially in 2020. If you're gonna make a New Year's resolution, or you did, I hope it was about playing more indie games. Uh, because Is that yours. No, uh, I, did you have any like new year's resolutions? <laughs>
0: no. So that was one of the things. So the past couple of years I've always had like something, uh, and this year I thought about it and I was like, nah, I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't really, I couldn't think of anything. I mean, there's the obvious like, Oh, I'm going to work out more, <laughs> but I would do that anyway. Cause I generally try to stay as fit as I can. Um, the other year I had one about taking more pictures, which I'm just bad at and don't do. So whatever, I've kind of given up. Uh, and then like others are more about general self-improvement, but I don't know. I just don't really attribute those as much to like a new year's resolution. I don't know why.
1: Um, for me, I didn't actually make any like new year's resolutions for the most part, other than the stuff that I already tried to do. Like I'm trying to play more indie games. Like I said, <coughs> Mhm. cough cough cough, uh i'm gonna try to continue living you know after this Uh cold Uh, i mean you're not doing so great so we'll see (laughs) um also i want to within this year i've been okay so for a while i've wanted to start writing like more because i wrote for handsome phantom for a long time and then i uh for like a year for the most part and i decided that i wanted to kind of like reel that back in and for the most part not right for them for a little while so i could get some stuff off the ground and i want to try to do that i really want to try to write my own comic book i've been on Mm, the fence about it for a long time but i think i'm finally gonna buckle down and try to get one of my ideas off the ground um especially because like it seems like Kickstarter is a great place to actually do that kind of stuff so i think i might end up like kickstarting a comic book um there's some other stuff that I want to do. Of course, the continued success of Indy Incursion would be great. Um, we're going we'll to try to build this up to be a larger brand, hopefully. So One
0: day. Maybe we'll change the uh, Incursion part and it'll uh, grow.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll make it easier to find. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get there. One day. <laughs> Uh, if you guys would like to chat with us outside the shows you guys can follow us on Twitter Uh, you can follow me at Legion. you can follow the podcast at IndiePod and you can follow Josh at the underscore Josh 90 Uh, you guys can also send us emails at our email address which is IndieIncursionPodcast at gmail.com for the most part just keep it for the random questions but I guess if you're a developer and want to reach out about us maybe talking about your game on the show or something like that you can email us there to just please pop in the subject line and say specifically what you want for the most part like random question or i've got a mm-hmm. game i don't know something like that uh, i've got a
0: game i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're not sure
1: at this point uh we're just too early in development to tell i guess it might be a movie um yeah yeah thank you guys for listening to this episode thank you guys for supporting our continue uh our effort toward spreading the word of indie games. Uh, that's all I have to say today. And I hope you guys have a great week. Honk. Damn.